0: Hey, Curran with the four Gators. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just as, I was just checking
1: to see if you were listening. that's <laughs> Destra and Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and
0: you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of
1: out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all all your guys' rap poison.
0: Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler.
1: Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are talking all about what happened in week 11, what will happen in week 12, And I am here to issue an apology to you and to the Sideline Judgment listeners for not having an episode last week. It falls on my shoulders. I was the one who had life come up. I could not find the time to record work, life, all that stuff. I like to issue an apology. I am sincerely, sincerely regretful that we could not have an episode last week, Tyler.
0: I appreciate that greatly. I, I really do. As someone who it's usually me who causes us to have <laughs> scheduling problems, I appreciate uh, that you would take this time
1: to apologize. But, but Tyler, I have a gift to you. I have a gift to you as recompense for missing last week. It is two part. It is two part. The first part is the fact that we didn't have a five wide last week, which means that you lost a crucial week in our picks competition. I did. Tyler, I am going to gift you. I'm going to gift you three points in our competition. What? As a a way to make up for not having the ability to make up those points. It is currently 47 to 38. I am up. I am giving you three points so it can be 47 to 41 and it can be officially a one-week one possession game i shouldn't accept this because i
0: should be you know and have integrity but uh i've never heard of such a thing so i will take
1: this. i don't think <laughs> i've gone plus three in a single week this season not <laughs> this year not. i have a couple like complete like i hit on everything weeks which i think is why i'm so far ahead because other yeah. than those two weeks it, it we're pretty consistent you know what i mean you know
0: what? i'll take that field goal i'll do it all right you know, i'm not I, it's you know, already
1: been updated on the google doc thanks Ty. i already did it um i you know no take backs no take um, backs. No take backs. Um, and my second part to you, Tyler, is let's have a silly season conversation. Let's do it. I'm excited. Let's have let's let's ha- ha- since it started already. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's already be begun. So Let's talk about it. Let's-, let's do it, my friend. All right. I've dissected it into three different categories. I have open jobs. I have filled jobs because there are three jobs that have already been filled, filled that were announced earlier this season. And then I have hot seats. Um Before we begin, I do want to say that right before we started recording, a couple hours, we had an extension from one of the hottest coaching candidates out there right now. It is the one and only Mr. Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker has been given an extension um, hold on, I'm pulling it up here. The details of it. It's Mel like Tucker has a contract. Yeah, yeah, well, it is making him, and I think this is something that we need to applaud before we go forward. Yes. That's why I'm going off the bat. He is now the richest African American coach in American sports. Let's get a round of applause for my man Mel Tucker to secure the bag. Generational well done, wealth for the black community. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Um, very happy for him. He deserves the paycheck. He really, truly he really does. Does. Um- Let's not forget that not only is this his second year on the job, but his first year on the job, he took the job in the spring. Yeah. Going into a COVID year, it, like a month before COVID hit. So Yeah. And I, I'll say um that
0: while sorry, this is
1: ten years, ninety-five million dollars. Jesus. Bag um, and a half.
0: Um, that is so much money. <laughs> um <laughs> God, it's impossible for me to think about money that, that
1: much. Um, I, yeah, I know. I'll take I'll take 000, <laughs> nine hundred and fifty thousand, let I would feel like million. a rich man. I would retire. <laughs> I'll take <I'll> take <laughs> ninety five thousand right now, let alone ninety five million.
0: <laughs> um, I think that um, this just ultimately, let's be real, this doesn't mean anything in Absolutely the long not. term in regards to in regards to his status at Michigan State. It just means it's going to be harder to pull him away. He's only going to be leaving for a big job. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't preclude him from leaving. Now that does mean, in my opinion, he's off the table this off season. Like, hmm. okay. I only say that because, like, there are a lot of open jobs. We're about to get into them. I don't know if I see all of them ponying up that much money, right? In, in like a year, in like a year or two, when much some of that money's gone, mm-hmm. has already been paid to him, and they don't have to buy out the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but right. I don't know if any of these co- if these teams are willing to. Oh, so now we have to drop ninety five million just straight right.
1: up. Like, and, and that's that's what this deal was. This deal was two part. This deal was to A make sure that you know if Michigan State gets poached of their coach eighteen months into his tenure, then they are able to get significant money back in return that they can invest into the facility or whatever they want to do with it. And two part, it's smart by Mel Tucker. The great coaches do this. Use a great situation to get yourself paid. Yeah, man, we, man we always talk about life. it. The man is absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like so I said, generational wealth for the black community. Exactly. So if you don't hear us mentioning Mel Tucker for a majority of these jobs, you now know why. Because this news is just broken off. Yeah,
0: he will be a number one coaching candidate for years to come. But I just think mm-hmm. no, no program that is on this list is going to be like you know what? Yeah, right. let's drop ninety-five million.
1: I don't After think it's impossible. Coach, they we're probably going to have to pay. Like um, there, there's one program on here that I think might do it, but I just don't think it will happen. You know what I mean? Uh, so well, let's, it's let's not, talk it's about it. Not impossible. Not impossible. Yeah. First, I want to talk about the filled jobs, Tyler. These jobs yeah. have already been filled. Uh, Georgia Southern Clay Helton, the former USC coach, uh, accepted the job earlier this season. Uh, Texas Tech hired Baylor associate head coach Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire is a big time Texas high school football person. I think that is a fantastic hire for Texas Tech. That's the kind of person that they need there simply because where I mean, like Texas Tech is not the most attractive of locations in Lubbock. Um, And I think our podcast metrics don't show many listeners in Lubbock, Texas. So I'm perfectly comfortable saying that it's not the most desirable location. (laughs) I mean, it Um, is in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, Texas. It, like, well, it's, literally it's literally the basis. Literally in the United middle Lights. of nowhere.
0: And like that's not <laughs>
1: bad, but it is the truth. Like mm-hmm. um correct, correct. So he was hired there. I think it's a good hire. Um, and then the one that kind of surprised me a bit, Tyler, UConn hires Jim Mora, the former UCLA coach, former analyst what, what at about ESPN. This
0: surprises you that Yukon would hire him, or that Jim Mora took this job. That
1: Jim Mora's Coaching, I would say yeah, that he see, took this job. That's the part
0: that gets me is that Jim Morrow's. Oh, he's back in coaching. Like, yes, yes, exactly. You didn't need to,
1: right? I, I and I feel like the, his tenure at UCLA ended fairly obscure. Um, it wasn't as like, oh, I hate you, I'm leaving the door as Gary Patterson did um, at TCU, but uh, it was very much. I didn't think he would come back to college football coaching. I thought maybe he would become an analyst at an NFL position, I, I didn't stuff think like come that. Back to coaching at all? To be so, honest with you, I really that was didn't. a bit surprising for me. I mean, good um, for UConn. They got a they got a good coach. UConn will hire anybody. <laughs> a bag, is a bag, Tyler. They, a bag they, is a bag, That's that's where they're at. They should. That's not
0: like I'm not mm-hmm. di- digging on that mm-hmm. because they shouldn't be doing
1: it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, so those are those are the fill jobs. Okay. Um, we'll hold hot seats because that's a; those are more discuss those are better discussions later on. Let's go to the open jobs, Tyler. Um, we have in no particular order: FIU, UMass, Akron, Washington State, USC, TCU, LSU, and this week we added two more jobs to the list. Um, Washington Jimmy Lake, uh, has been relieved of his duties uh, up in Seattle. He walks away with a nine point nine million dollar buyout and. Virginia Tech a couple of days ago opened up because Justin Fuente walks away with his $8.75 million buyout. Um, Virginia Tech, if they would have waited to December 15th, Tyler, the buyout would have been $7.5 million. So they paid an extra $1.25 million simply to get rid of him. Before the season ended, uh, another reminder which, that the greatest job on earth is fired college, fired, football, college coach. football coach. God, mm-hmm. that's greatest that's job, ridiculous. <laughs> Tyler, um, um, apart from USC and LSU, which we've talked about before, um, l- let's focus in on Virginia Tech and Washington. We'll start with Washington. The Jimmy Lake situation. We weren't on the air and didn't talk about this because we, because uh, of my wife. life, life. There was this situation where he. I don't want to say punch the kid because I saw the video and it really wasn't a punch. It was more of an aggressive football coach yelling at a player situation on the sidelines. Um, and he ended up striking a kid in the, on the helmet. And then he was suspended from last week's game. And then now he has been let go which, of his duties. Which was their best game of the season, by the way. We, uh, well, it, it also coincides with the fact that they had fired their offensive coordinator before that. So, I think oh, really? um, <laughs> so a, a lot to go there. What do you make of the Washington situation? Um, and what do you make of Jimmy Lake losing his job? Uh, good for
0: them. Good for Washington for recognizing that something wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's tough because Jimmy Lake was so promising, but it is a matter of it's, it's the thing that is a constant issue with college football, where it's just like people who are excellent offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators get chances to be head coaches. And that doesn't always mean that they can, that moving up in the job makes them better mm-hmm. it's the thing this is actually this is actually the uh, the premise that the office the show the office is based off of is the fact that some people get so good at their job they get promoted to higher level jobs where they're not qualified for them mm-hmm. like this is this is that thing Jimmy lake is a fantastic defensive coordinator and I hold that in like to this day but I don't he maybe he wasn't ready to be a head coach maybe he wasn't ready ready to be the CEO wasn't ready to make those decisions. Right. The team clearly, Washington was clearly on a downward trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think applause for Washington for finding a way to switch it up. I mean, they, the biggest thing is you need to fire your office coordinator. But now you you got a chance to inject some new life into the program. Um, yeah. I think what really happened is they saw that I gave up on them and that was all they needed. <laughs> um, well,
1: they said if Tyler's giving up on them, then, you know, nah, I'm, it's not going to uh, work. I think it's important to note that the AD came out and said this was not because of the striking of the player. Um, because if that it was that way, then they probably would have fired him for cause and not yeah. given him the buyout. Um, so they kind of avoided Which a bunch of legal. Could have done, but they, but they decided mm-hmm. to be like, no, it's because he's not been good. Yeah, no, and, <laughs> um... and credit to them for saying that. Um, the the um, athletic director specifically said that you know people in the university and the fans had lost faith in him. I think it's very telling that we haven't heard from any of his players. Um, Sometimes we hear from players saying, oh, you know, coach didn't get a chance. It's not whatever. So maybe there just wasn't that uproar. So exactly. So maybe for reasons in that sense. Hey,
0: you know, who's, you know, right up, right up the road. Um, Who my friend? Moreheads coordinating a great offense in Oregon. I've heard his name (laughs) floated around for the job. So Mm -hmm. familiarity with the West Coast. Jonathan Smith back.
1: I don't think Jonathan – I don't know if Jonathan Smith Look, would.
0: I don't know if you would either, but to go back to Washington as the head coach would be pretty alluring considering even though Oregon State is his alma mater, it mm-hmm. is Oregon State. That's true.
1: Yeah, I feel like career-wise he understands that there's a but, hierarchy in that division. But
0: also, the Pac-12 coaching coaching carousel thing is a little different than the rest of college football, just like
1: mm-hmm.
0: in regards to – like the coaches that work out there, who they look for to hire. Because in the SEC, at least, I have a pretty good handle on what I think people will be looking for Mm you know, and where you think these places go. And same thing, honestly, for most of the ACC and the uh, Big Ten and even the Big 12 to an extent. But the Pac-12 kind of looks at their coaching cycles a little differently. They kind of go after different candidates. They're more often to go off people who are in the Pac-12 prior. Mm -hmm. So we'll see.
1: We will see. And I think it's interesting that now both – power five programs in the state of washington have open Um, that's hilarious yeah um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lame duck apple apple cup (laughs) yeah for real it's gonna be a lame duck apple cup um all right let's move on to virginia tech tyler Justin Fuente is finally out. There was speculation last season when they called a press conference at the end of the season and everyone thought, oh my God, they're going to fire him. And it was a press conference simply to say, we are not firing Justin Fuente. Which, which you they know, probably you could have sent needed. Out. You obviously needed. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, this job is, I think, one of the more underrated jobs that are open right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, excuse me, you have USC and LSU are like. Top of the heat for the, the elite jobs that are open. Um, but then you have TCU, which is a pretty good job. It's in the Dallas area. It's in a Power Five conference. Um, and then now you have Washington, which is, again, and Washington has the potential to be the second really best. Really good. Yeah, I mean, you know, second or third best program in that conference. And now we have Virginia Tech. You know, for the longest time, you had Frank Beamer, You know, it was his program. And then after Frank Beamer stepped down, this is when Justin Fuente comes in. He comes in from Memphis. It's supposed to be this offensive approach to the game. And we saw it in his first season when he won 10 games. And then after that, we kind of really haven't seen it. He hadn't really clicked with his quarterbacks. A couple of them had transferred out. What do you think about the Virginia Tech job? Is there someone specifically that you see fit? Um, What's interesting about this position for you?
0: I, I don't have a person off the top of my head that sees fit. I do think, I, I mean, I think obviously if Shane Beamer had waited a year, he'd be getting oh, this job. Penciled like, um, in. It's tough because it 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 also similarly, it, it has that South Carolina thing where there's that famous Bamani Jones uh, quote where it was just like, your proved that you could win at South Carolina. Bomani Jones is like, no, your proved that he could win at South Carolina.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the exactly.
0: thing where I'm like, Frank Beamer proved that he could win at Virginia Tech and Justin Fuente didn't have the worst career you could possibly have at Virginia Tech, but No, it wasn't horrible. I don't I don't know. I mean, like, obviously easy to say is um what's his name? Will Healy be mm-hmm. prime Tulane. target for this? Two lane coach. Uh Willie Fritz, two lane coach. Um, Willie Fritz two
1: lane coach you got Will Healy. Will Healy and Charlotte, Hopkins. like
0: these would be prime candidates. Um mm-hmm. so
1: especially Will Healy, I think, would fit that very well. Yeah. That's why I would go after. But. And he has built that program at Charlotte. Like, I, yeah. when you remember last year or the year before when they went bowling and it was like, oh my God, this program's like four years old, five years old. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. It was crazy. I mean, if
0: you want to um, somebody who fits the Virginia Tech logo, you should probably go after um, the UAB head coach. But I, I don't, don't know, know if he know would leave. We've talked about him Bill before Clark, on the pod. Bill Clark is, that's, that's the thing I've talked about at length. There's just like, as much as I think Bill Clark can be good at a lot of places that require that
1: type of coach. I don't know if bill clark's gonna leave like um <laughs> which honestly is ironic because that's really the kind of coach that virginia tech wants a, a coach that was works there and just doesn't want to leave that was frank beamer frank beamer was bill clark before bill clark was bill clark you know what i mean very true um i think i think um i think a little bit different from you. i think this this job is a lot more upside than i think you're giving it credit for Fair. um You know, and it may just be that, you know, the Bomani Jones quote of Frank Beamer, you know, Spurrier. South Carolina,
0: even though South Carolina is in the SEC, like where Virginia Tech stands in the in the, you know, the um, this height of the ACC is very Mm -hmm. different from where South Carolina stands. Yeah, Um, very true. um, Virginia Tech can be really good and like a powerhouse of the ACC if they want. But what I'm talking about more is like the way you have to build Virginia Tech is not the way that you can build Clemson or Florida State or
1: Miami. Well, it's also a a point to be made where I was listening to – I think they said this on Cover 3. I think it was Tom Frenelli that said this on Cover 3 that Virginia Tech from the year – from 2002 up until Frank Beamer retired went bowling every single one of those years. And I think they won at least eight games or they finished ranked in the AP Top 25 in each of those years. But you have to understand that that was a time when FSU was kind of dipping down. Miami was definitely down. Um, after their national title situation, Clemson wasn't Clemson yet. So it was an ACC since they joined the ACC. It was an ACC that really wasn't, no one's taken grasp of, which you can argue yeah. that to this day, no one's taken a grasp I of mean, the for ACC. this season, no one has, but like. Right. but and, and that's the thing where I think because of the conference they play in, Virginia Tech is perfectly suitable to be what Wake Forest is this year, to be what. Um, we could say me pit to an extent this year. This year, because they've slipped up a couple times, but yeah. they can kind of take the reins and go and and, and take off. You know, North Carolina last year, like Virginia Tech should be that kind of program that grabs everyone's national attention and they say, "Oh, that's the ACC team this year." You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they have that potential. I also think we should point out that for a job in a state like Virginia, um, Stephen Godfrey of Split Zone Duo um, says this a lot. You know, someone that we listen to a lot. He says that every single job in the SEC, you're either a, a Beamer or you're a Chadwell. And what he means by that is you're either a lifelong SEC person, like a Frank Beamer, or like a, Sean, uh, this, a Shane Beamer in this case, um, you know, been an assistant at a bunch of places and all that, or you're a Jamie Chadwell. Jamie Chadwell, the coach for Coastal Carolina, he's an innovator offensively, right? Like mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley was a Chadwell in that sense, where he innovated the offense. Him and that because system.
0: he was so good at what he did. Exactly.
1: But- I think that that's not – I'm going to take his theory and expand it a bit. I don't think that's limited to the SEC. I think that's the, a South thing. I think programs like Clemson. I think programs like Virginia Tech. like Virgi- Those kind of programs in the, in the American South, those are the programs that where you, you need to be one of those two. What does Virginia Tech go after? Because, I mean, Virginia Tech is most closely associated with a Beamer. Um, they went with the scheme-type guy with um, Justin Fuente the last time. Do they make a pivot and try to just kind of grab someone that's a culture guy that can embrace the enter Sandman-ness of Virginia Tech, knows the ACC well, or maybe they bring some SEC influence? Who knows? I think that's that's kind of the direction that they may want to go, um, just given off of that. I I do want to make one last point before we move on to other jobs, Tyler. Um, Virginia Tech, I understand that there are a plethora of jobs open and there are off the top of my head, three jobs open. Maybe a couple more open up. Um, maybe a fourth one opens up, which we'll talk about later, um, that are better than you. But dude, you paid $1.2 million because you couldn't wait a month. My my only thing is that like that I would
0: argue is that like everybody gets like all the coaching hires happen the first week of December. Mm-hmm. So
1: do you want to? You have to wait a full like two weeks after that. I think you're being a bit naive that everyone actually waits until the seasons are over to do their negotiations. Well, I,
0: that's fair. That's very fair. But it's also like, yeah, but you still to in order to even hire them, you'd have to go through the process of like you you can't be you can't be interviewing people at least not as openly as you need to mm-hmm. until you fired a guy. So that's I get true. it. All right. I don't know if I would have. You know, done it early. One million dollars <laughs> is a lot. Is a lot of money. Like Which
1: uh, 1.25, 1.25 one million A dollars is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like so. Alrighty, uh, we've talked about LSU and USC, so we'll keep going there. We mentioned Gary Patterson and TCU. Um, Tyler, I just want to throw this out there. I want to throw this out there. Alex Grinch at TCU. I would be about it.
0: The That'd Oklahoma
1: cool. defensive coordinator. For those unaware, that would be cool. I would like it. Because he interviewed for the Texas Tech job. So clearly he's open to like, you know, go into that job. This is much better than that job. Um, Would TCU have him? What kind of coach do you think fits in in at TCU?
0: Who knows? Because they've had the same one for like so long. Like genuinely, who knows what because TCU
1: is Gary Patterson. Like, yeah, he built that program.
0: Like a lot of other programs, have speculations of like, what could this be? What is what are they going to be looking for? I don't know. T, their, TCU has never been in the modern era of football without Gary Patterson as his head coach. They've been in three different conferences with Gary Patterson as their head coach. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gary Patterson was a defensive guy yeah. who coaches team who allowed his offenses to be successful. Alex Grinch is likely similarly very similar. He is more of a defense to stop the spread, and I think that. You know, he's been coaching the Big 12 a while. Oklahoma gotten consistently better on defense. Um, so, I mean, I think it would – I think it would be good. I would like that hire because I like Alex Grinch. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of style would fit TCU. Right. But there's just – you never know in a general college football hiring cycle what's going to work. We always think right. that we can make these judgments, but we never, never write. But mm-hmm. this – I mean, you really don't know what TCU
1: – Yeah.
0: Like okay. cause what, what is TCU's
1: identity? Yeah. No, I feel you. I just wanted to throw that out there. I wanted to throw that out there. I like that idea. Um, Of the remaining jobs we haven't talked about, we have Washington State, Akron, UMass, FIU. Um, Very big, um, a damning statement about FIU coming out by Butch Jones, who resigned. Um, He said that the facility – he said that they were using – mississippi state's old shoulder pads because they couldn't afford new ones they've had the same uniforms for nine years for close to a decade and then i think the biggest one was the fact that they hit that the administration wouldn't let him recruit what wouldn't let he, they wouldn't let me specify he said they wouldn't let him recruit out of state like out of town out of state okay. whatever for the past two seasons maybe that was implemented because of covid type stuff but my guy, like if you're if you're handcuffed like that for two recruiting cycles, it's just not going to work. Uh, I anywhere. wouldn't want to be a part of that. Absolutely not. So he resigns. Not a good look on FIU. They're one of the few schools that's kind of left over in that Conference USA blump after everyone kind of went to either the Sun Belt or the American or other conferences. Yeah, man, it's not looking good there at FIU. Um, UMass is just one of those horrific jobs. Akron is one of the lower jobs in the MAC even though we joke that every job in the MAC is the exact same. The same. Um and then you're left with, you know, the big boys in LSU, USC and then you got the Washington State situation. God, I have to ask. Mhm. It,
0: it's been it's been floating around on message boards. I don't believe a word of it, but okay. um there's been a flight scheduled from Norman, Oklahoma to Baton, to Rouge. Baton Rouge. Now I have no I, doubt in my mind that, that like in Riley is interviewing for that job. I did. I just so, don't.
1: so Scott Woodward, I believe is his name, is the athletic director at LSU, and he is known for higher, like making the big splash. And he hired he's, Jimbo. He hired Jimbo. Correct. Um, he's the former Texas A and M um, athletic director. He hired Jimbo, which is why I think he's been courting Jimbo so hard. Oh, um, yeah. Jimbo, Jimbo today in a press conference is like, "Yo, I'm I'm not taking that job. Like, sure, it's everybody. not happening." Yeah. Okay. Um, Nick Saban also said he was not going to be the coach of Alabama. Three days later, he was there. So, sure. just so you know, um, n- not bitter. Just because I'm wearing a Dolphins hat, not bitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Tyler. That leads me to Billy Napier, our guy. Our guy. What's the situation on Billy Napier? Because I don't know, if man. You're Offered because here's the thing: if Scott Woodward the LSU job, the job that we have penciled him in for for eighteen months if it's really true that he's not their first choice that Woodward wants to go. And I mean, listen, if you can land Lincoln Riley, land Lincoln Riley. I mean, I I can't
0: complain if that's what you're going to do. And I can't dig, I can't dig hiring Jimbo Fisher or Lincoln Riley, or even like James Franklin for the LSU. You got absolutely. No, I I really think Billy Napier is the perfect fit there.
1: Like, Mm -hmm. you can't like you can't dig those three hires. So here's the thing. If you are what we believe Billy Napier to be, which I I truly believe this in my heart, I believe he's the next Nick Saban. I really do. I think that wherever he goes, if he has the right resources, he will be there for 20 years. He may not win six national titles like Nick Saban, but he will be able to be long-term successful. He's a culture guy. He will build a program and leave them close to the top for a long time. If he's that, if he's what I believe him to be and I know that you believe very highly in him, what happened? What's the optics like for him and where do you go if a job like LSU up the road, the job that you could have pictured yourself in for 20 years says, no, you're like our third choice? What happens there?
0: See, I don't know. This was this him declining all those jobs from last year was him betting on himself, which
1: and and, I I want it to be said, Tyler, that they're on record. He has declined at least six or seven of the SEC jobs in the SEC. Like he's turned down close to half of the conference. And I get
0: most of them. I really do. I got South Carolina and Tennessee. I was just like, you probably could do better. Auburn was really a shock to me. Like I thought he would take that job. I was just like, it's tough because like Auburn's so clearly better, and you can win a national championship at Auburn. Mm -hmm. You, 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 people have won national championships at Tennessee, but not for like 20 years. So, and that's Mm -hmm. a rebuilding job. South Carolina is basically not possible in my opinion. Missouri, he passed up on as well. Um, so I'm just kind of like, if you, I mean, Auburn, you could do better. LSU, I would say is a better job than Auburn Mm -hmm. in in the grand scheme of things. So like he's betting on himself and it's not, I think the thing that he's going to have to deal with here is the fact that, the AD there is such so into splash hires. And I think Billy Napier would be the right hire, but he's not he is not a splash hire. No, he's not. Unfortunately, he's not. the reality is that any a G five team, save for Scott Fresco in Nebraska, which at the time was the biggest splash hire you could get coming from a G five, you're no G five to Power Five hire is ever, I think, considered a splash hire. Like two mm-hmm. fans. Like, because like I'm sitting around here trying to tell Billy Napier and I still got people that we still got friends who are just like, I don't know enough about Billy Napier to to want him. And like that's, if, be, if that's four, because
1: you guys don't watch the group of five. Sorry. 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 That Sorry. is Sorry. true. And I'm on your <laughs> side here. But
0: the thing is like Billy Napier, I think would, is the bet would be the most hire that makes the most sense. It's the best hire. It's probably the best for the long term hire. Mm-hmm. But it's an unknown and it's a splash hire. It's not a splash hire. And AD should not do this. AD should not be worried about hiring people that make the fans excited because ultimately that doesn't matter. Like, right. Because guess, you, what, you makes the, what, guess fans? what? makes the fans excited in the long run? Winning. Winning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Took it out of my mouth. So, so then here, yeah. this leads me. This leads me, Tyler. This is what we call in in the business an elite level segue. <laughs> this leads me to the hot seats. On the hot seats, I've put two two schools. One of them near and dear to our hearts, Tyler. Very. The other one is Nebraska. UCF. <laughs> Billy Spear sure has replaced Gus Malzahn at UCF. See, I thought, it be, I thought it was going to be a, at Auburn last year, but turns out it was just a year later. Um, no, I put Nebraska here, and I just wanted to make a point here that Scott Frost is overhauling his staff. The athletic director put out a statement saying, we believe in Scott Frost." <clears throat> okay um it, it, it looks to me like it's his last chance yeah um but i just wanted it to be shown that you know the ultimate it is the hottest seat in the country because we thought that he was going to be fired this year when you look at their games this season i know they're three and seven they're they they don't look horrible this season they seem yeah, like they're, they have a better hurtment. team than their three and seven record would indicate but absolutely they still have a three and seven record right
0: that's like right, right, the right. worst record he's had
1: mm-hmm yep but it looks like his team's playing the best that they've played. Which is which ridiculous. Is <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, so there's Nebraska, right? Maybe next year it opens. Maybe later in the year they have regrets. And then there's the Florida job. And I think this was a conversation that we were going to start to have. And I asked you, do you want to just save this for the pod? And you said yes. So now here we are 25 minutes later talking about it. So Dan Mullen fired. Um Todd Todd Grantham. Grantham. Sorry, I I blanked because like once he left, I removed every aspect of Todd Grantham (laughs) from my brain. So Uh,
0: I blanked. Dan Mullen fired Todd Grantham, his defensive coordinator, and John Hevesy, his offensive line coach. John Hevesy one was surprising to me because was Mm -hmm. um, didn't think that was ever going to happen. They've been on the same staff for for like fifteen years. Mm -hmm. Um, He was very clearly the worst recruiter on the staff. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But Grantham, but he but he developed really well. Yeah. I'm not going to like like the it, offensive it, line at the beginning of the season, we have seen them grow over the, the, the past year and a half. problem is that there's no years. depth. Exactly. And that is a recruiting issue.
0: Yes. Like additionally, Todd Tograth was fired. Should have happened maybe, I don't know, a year ago, but yep. um it's it's it all kind of it's good that these things are happening. To me, this proves that Dan Mullen at least cuz my little theory is that Dan Mullen really was trying to parlay at the beginning of the year, was going to try and parlay the team he had last year into an NFL job. like Because mm-hmm. he was in the spring. He must have known the offense that he was going to get. He knew the players. So he was going to try and parlay that into an NFL job. It didn't go that way. And now he's stuck cleaning clean up the pieces. And now I think he's realizing that he is going to have to actually dig in and try to salvage this instead of just waiting to get hired by an NFL job of some kind, which is not going to happen under the current circumstances. Correct. Um, So this is him being like, okay, I'm actually going to try and get this job back. We're going to fire some guys. And like Mm -hmm. Christian Robinson was promoted to DC, which whatever. I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, what, who cares? Like, all
1: right. right. It, it, listen, there's there at the time there were four games, three games left in the season. Now there's only two games left in the season. It is what it is. The, that defense is not going to be improving light years. like no, it is. I mean, like
0: it's more, just, with, it's more just a
1: sign that you actually are making changes. Correct. And, and I want to combine our conversation about the Sanford game and the South Carolina game with this conversation here. Um, so this past weekend, um, the Gators beat Sanford 70 to 52. Um, Forty-two in of those fifty-two points game. in a football <laughs> game, Tyler. Forty-two of those fifty-two points were scored in the first half. That is the most points allowed by a Florida Gators defense in program history, ever. In one um, half, a, a program that has been playing football for more than a hundred seasons has never done that before. But they did to FCS Stanford, who has sixty-eight scholarship players. So, with all that being said, Tyler, there's definitely questions about Dan Mullen's yeah. job security um he needs to if he's allowed to come back next season because there are some rumors of you know people that I won't name and and all that because nothing is on the record um but there i you know there is there are rumors and such about you know these next two games being against Missouri and the last game against Florida State basically being to save Dan Mullen's job and yeah. they're waiting and they're seeing and what happens and the boosters are ready to make the move, but also ready to give him an offseason to try to correct this, which I think is what the defensive coordinator and offensive line firing spot him the end of the season. Um, Tyler, my question to you. if If we have to go a different direction from Dan Mullen, and because of the Billy Napier being the third choice for LSU or another one of these bigger jobs, if the Florida job comes open, I think it's immediately one of the three best jobs open with USC and LSU. Yeah. From a potential standpoint, absolutely. Correct. And let me paint this picture for you. James Franklin goes to Southern California. He goes out West. I think that's very plausible. I think that's probably what's going to happen. And that's the reason why the USC job has been so quiet for so long. LSU goes with someone that's a home run hire, right? A big name. We won't know who. And Billy Napier is sitting there having to choose between Virginia Tech and Florida. Do you think that our athletic director, whoever it may be at the time, and I, God, sure hope that it's not Scott Strickland for no. reasons we won't divulge into right now. Um, do you see Billy Napier looking at the Florida job as something that's attractive? And do you see maybe Florida looking at him in the same way? You know, maybe it's like uh, everyone is clear of the dance floor and they've kind of locked eyes and realized, oh, I should have been with you all along, you know?
0: I certainly hope so. We all know my feelings about this. But um, Mm -hmm. what I think will happen, okay, let's, let's, let's. The the problem that this is going to create that you have Mm -hmm. to also anticipate is that Billy Napier, right now it's just USC and LSU, but the USC LSU jobs got to be filled with something. Mm -hmm. And if they're they're being filled with big names like we predict, Uh more big jobs will be open. Correct. In that case, Billy Napier, Penn State will probably be open. Than one of Texas A&M or Oklahoma is open.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Over Michigan State. I mean, or, this is where I wanted to bring it in because we talked about the Tucker extension, but yeah. it's not impossible for LSU to do something ludicrous. I
0: don't think for Billy Napier, Penn State or Michigan State are better jobs. I, But honestly, and this is me objectively, you had a hard time convincing me that Oklahoma is not a better spot to go coach than Florida. Like especially since they're coming into the SEC. So you can't even play yeah, that. I card. mean, like the, the SEC cards coming in. They're they're currently in a better spot. Um mm-hmm. but like Floor does an extremely attractive job, I think. It, especially if the LSU thing doesn't go through for him, it's that thing where he again, COVID year got him lucky. He was able to bring back a lot of his team from last year because most mm-hmm. of them are good players, but not like high draft pick kind of players. So they came back to play another year. Louisiana looks great this year. He's you know. And he, he got lucky. He still – he kept most of his team the, that was the big team from last year. He kept them. Right. They look great. His coaching stock has not gone down at all for for like – because he's done it to himself. Maybe because just other coaches have risen up. Luke Fickle is looking great. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, Luke Fickle is part of – he's Another probably considered one. That's for true. those northern jobs. Um, That's true. So, Billy I don't know how – Billy Napier, I don't know how long you want to hold out. That mm-hmm. is the thing is that, like, I think this is the offseason Billy Napier takes a job because I don't know how much longer. Like, Levi Lewis is gone after this year. Like, he mm-hmm. can't come back. Like, even Correct. with
1: the COVID year, he's he's already in his, like, sixth
0: year of eligibility. And it's your not four, even it's not just Levi gone.
1: Lewis. It's not just Levi Lewis. He's losing some senior offensive linemen. He's but. losing some guys on the defensive side of the ball. Like, how much longer this can you— This is the best team you're
0: going to have.
1: The candle's you, burning out. The candle waxes yeah. low, and you need to make a move now. At the latest, at the next offseason, if you really do want to move up in the Saints. If he wants to stay in yeah. Louisiana for a long time, great. Now power to him. Him. I, he just doesn't seem like that kind
0: of guy to me, considering he's right. both
1: a Saban and a Davos Swinney
0: assistant um, exactly. in years past. Mm-hmm. He seems like a recruit-a-lot kind of guy. He seems mm-hmm. like – and he's made Louisiana to a really good program right now.
1: He has managed to land really good talent in Louisiana, in-state – when typically all the good town in Louisiana go to LSU. I'm not talking four and five stars, obviously, but I mean, he has won some recruiting Bad. battles, some solid players and some th- three star level players that, you know, could have gone to a bigger program. I mean, maybe they could have gone to like a Mississippi State. Maybe they could have gone to a Kentucky. Maybe they could have gone to, you know, programs like that. And he managed to keep them in Louisiana and 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 play for him at Louisiana yeah, they're technically Lafayette, but like, you know, they're just Louisiana now. So.
0: I just I just think that it's a matter of Billy Napier, I think, is going to a job this offseason because okay. this is the best team he's going to have. This is the best time for him to jump. It was already crazy that he bet on himself last year that he didn't need to. Like and mm-hmm. so now and Florida, if, if he's not getting LSU, Florida's likely going to be the best one. And I would take him in a heartbeat now. Yeah. But is he going to look at that the same way? Like, because I still think Florida, while in a tough spot now, is still an extremely attractive job because you still have a lot of talent and you have the ability to get good talent really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and yeah, the Georgia thing's not great. Like right. the fact that Georgia's in the same division is not great, but. Tennessee and Kentucky look good, but they don't. It's still like Florida is a better program right now. If you, yeah. if you get in right now and fix it, Florida is still a better program than those two teams.
1: It'll take multiple years of the way Florida is right now for someone well, like Tennessee or Kentucky to overtake us in the East.
0: Yeah. So, and which is very possible for them to do, but it's like, it's not a Garrett, like Tennessee is not a better program than Florida right now, I'm willing to say. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So, I'm with you. I, I love Billy Napier. It's also worth noting that like there are other candidates out there that we might be want to talk about. Like I've seen a lot of, if you let me, I've seen a lot of Florida fans talk about they want Lane Kiffin or they want Mario Cristobal, which I want to talk about both of those real quick. I would love Mario Cristobal. I would be so for that because of recruiting, because of knowing the area, and the building a big team in Oregon. I think he would love the job. However... I just and this was my thing with people like he she would one hundred percent will go to Auburn. We had an argument about this. people would one hundred percent go to Auburn if it was offered to him last year instead of Oregon. I'm like Willie he? because he's king of the mountain in Oregon right now. He, right, they're in the playoff rankings. They're uh, they're probably going to make the playoff, and mm-hmm. that's with a quarterback that's not the
1: best right now. And, well, so- and and to to add on to that, you're correct about he's king of the mountain, Tyler. I was going to the gym on to yesterday morning six in the morning listening to talk radio. You know what led the show at six in the morning? Mario Cristobal coming to Miami, which he's not, but like that's the kind of like uh, he has more University of Miami ties than he does yeah. Flor- University of Florida ties. But that's the kind of like, will he leave for a job like Miami? I think the question you need you, you're asking right now, which is a great one, will he leave for a program like Florida, yes. which is in the SEC? And if listen, Florida fans, you want quicker. someone to compete, you want someone to compete recruiting wise with Kirby Smart. That memory, Mario, well, well, is that's, bad, that's the
0: person you need in the
1: country. Like Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It, he it, was the same coordinator for Bama when they landed Tua, when they landed Devontae Smith, when they landed Henry Ruggs, which when I'm not talking about him right now. But all of these different types of players – when they nearly did Najee Harris, he was the coordinator. He was the recruiting coordinator for the best team in the country, and put together the players for arguably one of the best college football teams of the past twenty to thirty years. And it, it's just basically are you asking yourself:
0: Is Oregon, when it's really good and better than anyone else in the Pac twelve and likely going to make the playoff, is Florida in a rebuilding year a better job than that Oregon? And I, I, don't know. I
1: just don't know if that's the answer. Cause like money, I don't I, I think, think there's no, I think, I think Oregon is the better is job. Gonna, at the moment. Yeah.
0: It's it's not like Dan Mullen left for an NFL job and his team is okay. Florida's not great right now. Like they have a right. lot of, it would be really easy to get Florida good early, mm-hmm. but like Oregon is in a better spot from a, like these next two, three years. So yeah. do you want to just stay there? Cause they're not going to fire you at Oregon right now. And then just wait for, you know, when that candle burns out or, friggin' nick saban leaves to go take the alabama mm-hmm. job i don't know i so right. that's a question
1: and then lane kiffin look can i can i say it okay you can say it. yeah are we are we not a hundred percent sure that and i'm going to take your words from what you said before we recorded because it was perfect are we not a hundred percent sure that lane kiffin isn't just dan mullen but 10 years younger are we are, are we not 100% saying, sure? Are we sure about that? Like um because someone who follows FAU football while FAU was landing the best recruiting classes in the conference in, in the conference in Conference USA looking at the team now and I saw this football team in person this past weekend which we will talk about in a bit in in notable games um the best players on that team were recruited by Willie Taggart. It, it it's not like Taggart is, you know, being mediocre because, oh, his guys aren't in yet. No, but that's another conversation FAU-wise. But it's not like he recruited these world beaters and was able to get these guys, you know. He made the most of Charlie Partridge's recruits, which is good because he can coach. We know he can can coach football, and he's a great schemer. And just like we talk about, Dan Mullen is fantastic on the football field and X's and O's and all this. But I feel like the fans that are clamoring for Lane Kiffin to come to Florida are the same ones that are just watching – I like him because he
0: tweets at Barstool and, the, and he's, he's very social and he, he's a good schemer. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Who had a good social media presence when he was hired and as a good schemer? Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen yep. learned Jordans. Like, that was his whole thing. And he's mm-hmm. not as, you know, likable as Dan Mullen – sorry, as, as Lane Kiffin to the media, to the outs, to the fans and everything like that. But, like, let's be real clear about this. As far as what we know, Lane Kiffin will be if – he, if he wins big, will be because he's out scheming everybody. And yep. he has a lot of really good talent at Ole Miss, most of which he didn't recruit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he can recruit on a big time level. I'm not saying he can, I really am not. But I just, it begs the question what you're hiring in Lane Kiffin is you're just hiring the same profile as Dan Mullen, hoping for a different result. Exactly. And exactly. is that what you want? Because, I mean, I still have a, a level of belief in Dan Mullen. I still think, and I still, I want to clarify this. I don't want to revisionist history. We I said about this a lot. When Dan Mullen was hired, Dan Mullen is absolutely one hundred percent the best hire that we could that Florida could have made that season. It was the right agree. hire. There's no hire that would have been better. And right now, he's not getting the job done. And that's just sometimes the way the cookie crumbles. And like agreed, the the program he's the best coach we've had since Urban Meyer. I still feel strongly about that. Um, and the program's in a better spot now. I still believe than it was in, in those other years. But, agreed. Are you are you just hiring the same thing? We don't know. I'm we not saying know. I'm not. I'm not saying he is, but it's worth asking the question. No, 100.
1: First of all,
0: and Billy Napier are CEO types. Absolutely. Like they're not. They're not scheme guys. I mean, like, and,
1: well, you, more know, like you know, like
0: They're more like Urban Meyer.
1: Like you know what they really are? What El- elite level recruiters? Yeah. Elite yeah. level recruiters, and we have, and we know this because of. Well, what we know, Mario can do it at the highest of levels when he's landing top five classes at Oregon, and we know that Billy Napier can do it in the Southeastern Conference um, with his time with uh, at Alabama. We know he can do it in the South because of his time with Dabo. All those things. So, like, that's the question. If you want to make the move from Dan Mullen, great. But I don't think that it is worth it to pay the twelve million dollars that's owed to Dan Mullen if he gets bought out. It's six million at the um, within a month of. Six million within thirty days of firing and then a million each year for the next six years. Um, I don't think it's worth it to give up all that money and to make that change if you're just gonna go ahead and, like you said, hire the same profile hoping for a different result. If you're gonna make change, make the change and go out and get yourself Every, a billion eight beer. Go out and get yourself a Florida
0: fan has been saying is that recruiting is what's really biting Dan Mullen in the butt right now. And it's like, true. And that is yeah, true. And that's true. And I'm just like, you know what? We all kinda of came to the belief that recruiting would get better um over time as he had something to sell recruiting's actually gotten worse Mm -hmm. like not markedly worse it's still top 15 but like this is borderline top 10 when his first season and it's gotten slowly a little bit worse ever since Mm -hmm. Kirby Smart is out recruiting him at a at a just record pace and
1: Kirby Smart took one
0: of his recruits the other week two of them I think (laughs) yeah like like that's that is becoming a problem it's 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 that I understood, and the whole belief is that, yeah, recruiting probably isn't going to be top five or anything like that, but it's the fact that recruiting has become a liability for this program. And unless Absolutely. that changes, which it's very hard to, I imagine, mm-hmm. that is – that is because uh, it used to not be, but that is realigning as a focus right now simply because your biggest rival in your conference and your biggest path to a national championship is getting number one classes routinely. Yep, and Absolutely. Because guess what? In Muschamp and McElwain days, that wasn't the problem. The problem was that we couldn't get these people to do it. You can't get these recruits to do anything. Like, correct. we develop. That's not the problem anymore. Development's not the problem. Like, the problem is that Georgia has like 45 stars
1: and we have five. Mm-hmm. And it's so. like, for, for, those, for those that are like saying like, oh, but you know, it's a top 15 class in the country, still really good. Yes, you are correct. It is still a really good class. These guys can play football really well. The issue is that when you're like the fifth or sixth class in your conference, it doesn't matter because that's it's all relative. You're going to be out talented on the field. If you're falling behind within your conference. And that's just the way that that's the nature of the beast. We're in the sec. It is what it is. You know what I mean? You can't run away from it. You have to embrace it. And you have to make sure you do the things to, to improve those situations. So you said, um, it I think we have uh, exhausted the silly season yeah. enough. Comment um, these... on
0: Twitter for my, for the link if it takes absolutely come at me me as well at s-d-e-l-a-e-s
1: at tyler underscore k underscore k K nobody else wants to wants to have answered (laughs) um yeah for sure for sure tyler let's let's jump and let's go to that gators and south carolina uh sanford south carolina game we referenced it is there anything you want to say about it or do you just want to move forward
0: um equally disappointing both weeks for different reasons (laughs) (laughs) South Carolina game
1: was just abysmal to watch. That's not a good South Carolina team, too. No, and that's why it was such a oh my God kind of moment. Like yeah. And, yeah I mean
0: Sanford, rough. Sanford, they the Florida kicked butt in the second half, but they shouldn't have needed to. Like,
1: exactly. They shouldn't have needed to. And, and listen. When Dayday um, tweeted,
0: or it was like well, they're dropping 50 tomorrow. I was like, ha, very funny. And then they dropped 52. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. I also want to say, um, and then we'll move forward. I have nothing against 19, 20 year old players celebrating after a football game. I really game. don't care. Buddy. I really don't care. Truly don't care. I really Truly don't care. So don't
0: it, it, it honestly, I don't care at the play. It, it falls in the fact that you, we can be absolutely upset that the coaches put them in a situation where we're even in that game. But celebrating mm-hmm. winning, I don't care because you're going to get 12 games guaranteed per season, and a lot of these mm-hmm. guys, it's their. Also, yeah, they've lost like three, four games in a row. Mm-hmm.
1: Like absolutely, it probably feels good to get a win. Yeah, get it, get in there. I get that. Listen, you only play so many of these games. Celebrate when you win them. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Quickly, let's look at the college football playoff rankings before we go into notable games for this week. Um, from last week. Sorry. The top seven, I believe, stayed the same. Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, The committee continues to baffle me by putting Oregon above Ohio State because of their head-to-head victory, but then not acknowledging the head-to-head victory with Michigan at six and Michigan State at seven. Um, And I believe it was Nicole Auerbach that said this. I believe it was Nicole Auerbach that said this. She says, she quoted it and she said, This is an all-time quote of the college football playoff era. And it is Stuart Mandel. This is the original tweet, and he's simply quoting Gary Barda. And it says, quote, set aside watching the games. Let me pause myself. I you don't even have to. What? That. <laughs> How do you set aside watching the football games? That's the whole thing. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me get back to it. He says, quote. Set aside watching the games, though that's certainly a part of it. But statistically, in just about every category, offensively and defensively, Michigan comes out on top over Michigan State.
0: But they actually did it,
1: though. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. My favorite part is like, hey, set aside, you know, the fact that they actually played a football. You know what happens when when Georgia beats a team this year in the national championship game? I'm gonna say no. Actually, you know what? Set aside the results of the game statistically. Ohio State. Let's just put Ohio State for whatever reason. Ohio State, you know, had they're a better season better. A better than everything. Georgia. So for me, Georgia actually didn't win a national title. It's Ohio State. Like, how dumb is that logic? That's what we're dealing with. They testing me, man. Because they, they're testing us. They're, they're testing us, man. I do. I do want to say though. They they got Cincinnati in the perfect spot at five. I think that is the yeah. spot where they need to be. I just my issue is that I don't think they should be behind Oregon. I think they're a better team than Oregon. Um, I do like Oregon. Ohio playing State
0: real sus lately, so it might get figured they out for you. But just- they,
1: it might. It might. It might. And I just like I like Ohio State above Cincinnati. So I guess what I should say is I think Ohio State should be three. Cincinnati should be four. Michigan State. Not Michigan, because they won the football game. Um, should probably be five. I would then leave Michigan at six and pick Oregon at maybe at seven. Like I I I really based on what's going on, and if you want to go through the whole Pac-12 schedule and all that stuff, no, 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 There's a resume there for you, so but whatever. So those stay the same. You got Notre Dame at eight, which good for Cincinnati, bad for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think they should be that high. I don't think they're the 8th best team in the country. I think they should be maybe in the 11 to 13 range is probably accurate. Yeah,
0: that's feels more accurate.
1: Um, but honestly, this might be the one year that I'm not complaining about Notre Dame bias because it is propping it's up. It's helping your group of five team. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Cincinnati made the playoff. What did it cost? Me actually respecting Notre Dame. That's what it cost. That is after the season. It ends after the season. Like, let's hope, man. Let's hope. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That is the situation that's going on here. But in this case, my enemy is actually my friend because my enemy is helping my friend. If that makes sense. mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm rambling. Number nine, we have Oklahoma State. Number ten, we have Wake Forest. Number eleven, we have Baylor. Number twelve, Ole Miss. Number thirteen, Oklahoma. Because of a game that we will talk about shortly. BYU at 14. Look at those Mormons. Wisconsin at fifteen. Wow. Am I reading that properly? Am I am I reading that properly that Wisconsin is ranked fifteen? I'm sorry, am I reading that properly that Wisconsin is ranked? Full stop. Let me, let me end the sentence there. Is is Wisconsin ranked. End of sentence. Not even at fifteen. Barry Alvarez just has a hold on this college football committee. Like he knows where the bodies are buried. I'm convinced he knows where the bodies he's are got buried. Something on everybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's got some top fifteen um, bonus in his contract, where he's like, "We gonna stay at 15. Okay, Gary Bar- Gary Bart is just like, "Yes, Mister Alvarez. Yes." Mr. Anyway. A and M at sixteen. Um, Iowa at seventeen. <laughs> Pitt at 18, uh San Diego State at 19, NC State at 20, Arkansas at 21, UTSA at 22, meep meep. Utah at 23, Houston at 24, Mississippi State at 25. I um uh, I really don't want to talk much about Maybe it, we dude. You don't it's, have to talk about it, dude. Yeah. Well, because, you know, setting aside the games. So, let's Yeah, obviously. obviously. I don't have the stats in front
0: of me, so. I don't
1: want to set aside the game, so we're going to jump to notable games because that's what we do here <laughs> on sideline judgment. All right, Tyler, here we go. Let's run through these games from last week. Michigan twenty-one, Penn State seventeen. Um, okay, Fire you're going to you're <sighs> gonna need to. You're going to need to. You're going to need to just under just hear me and understand me when I, after I say this. I think Michigan's legit. Okay, this is an, uh, This is a podcast, so you need to say something and not just roll your eyes and turn your face at me because the listeners yeah, have no idea you did.
0: did. <laughs> That's what I just did. Um, I didn't sigh lo- loud enough. No.
1: <sighs> I'm leaving that in. I'm not editing that out. I'm leaving. No, this in. Um,
0: it. I. Um, they're good. Even, okay. They're even good. you they're have to admit. Good. No, even you good. have to admit they're
1: better than they have been in years no, prior. This is one I'm of not saying they have. Beat I,
0: I just them. I just cannot bring myself to care because <laughs> guess what? Guess what's going to happen in the last game of the season?
1: We know what's going to happen. We know game. what's going to happen. I don't. I just, like, happen. They're, they're, it's like they're pointless. Like <laughs> I know. I think it's going to be closer than we think, though. I think it, it'll be. I don't think it'll be like the overtime thriller, which is the best one we've had in the hardball era. Um that they, they, they kind of yeah, got robbed. Last time it looked like it was going to be closer than it was. Ohio State dropped like sixty four on them, and they might still drop sixty four. But I know the kid McNamara can throw the football. I do. I think he can put up a lot of points. Yeah. Um, but, and then the other side of the coin, you're right. James Franklin is uh, thinking about Southern California. Then his his mind hey, it's is not, warm out here. It's still yeah. warm. It's like middle of November. And I wore shorts today.
0: Which I mean, but, it is in Florida
1: too, but I can't imagine I doing that say, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, I'm in a hoodie, but I'm I am wearing shorts. So, <laughs> I'm also inside with the fan on and the AC, so you know, I'm I'm creating my own winter, Tyler. Um, speaking of speaking of a team that beat Michigan, Michigan State 40, Maryland 21. Um, Kenneth Walker the third, give him the Heisman. That's my Heisman winner. Um, had a really like good game. no one else in the country who's stepped standing out to me. Like- oh yeah, and I also I also think it's big to important to say Maryland had won six straight games before this football game. Number one, number two, Michigan State was clearly the better team in the entire football game. So good on them for you know not playing with their food in that sense. You know, yeah. Baylor twenty seven, Oklahoma fourteen. This is a game Extreme finally dropped. The shoe finally dropped. Um, this is a game that I watched with my brother. I saw him this weekend. Um, this is a game I watched with him. He was uh, not too happy about it. Um, but I kind of reassured him by saying, hey, look, man, if there's one there's one coach that has really figured out Lincoln Riley, and it's Dave Aranda at Baylor. Yeah. They showed a graphic during the football game that the three times that they have gone up against each other, whether as a coordinator or a coach or whatever, the three times that a Lincoln Riley offense and a Dave Rand a defense have gone to gone up against each other, um, Lincoln Riley's offense has been held to I think it was 250 yards on average, which were at the time the two lowest offensive performances in a Lincoln Riley by Lincoln Riley team. And in this game, it was quite literally the lowest yard total that Oklahoma has ever had under Lincoln Riley. So, David yeah. Rand has figured him out, dude. Yeah. it's Yeah. We we saw Spencer Rattler at some point in this football game. <laughs> which was surprising. Um, um, which was surprising, but I don't think it's indicative of... Um, well, see,
0: this this game wouldn't
1: matter if it weren't for the fact
0: that Oklahoma hasn't looked good for the rest of their games is the problem. Like Correct. Right, exactly. But it finally... It was that whole thing where it's just like Oklahoma always felt like a one or two loss team, but that it just <laughs> didn't have any losses. And now it finally yeah. came. Like the shoot... Yeah. Oklahoma was not going to get out of the season unscathed and the shoe finally dropped.
1: So, I will say this though, even though they're down at 13 in the rankings this week, I wouldn't put it out of contention for no, them to mean. still be alive. They're still alive. In my opinion, they're still alive. I agree. So, uh, credit to Baylor and credit to Dave Miranda, who, to who Baylor. we should also be circulating for LSU. They would, they are going to like him back at F- LSU. They um, will. They will like him. They, if, the fans if he goes would be okay
0: there. with that because everybody mm-hmm. loves Dave Miranda
1: Correct. Ole Miss twenty nine, Texas and M nineteen. This was an offensive, um, beautiful offensive game by what? Lane Kiffin. By Lane was Kiffin. It? By Lane Kiffin? Um, I mean there were a lot I of sp- there sp- were a I, lot I, of turnovers. Cheek. I, I hope I hope the sarcasm uh, radiated through the podcast, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of turnovers,
0: a lot of field yeah, goals man. in this game. I mm-hmm. mean, Ole Miss was, in my opinion, clearly going to win it from the start. Like, yeah, but it just. So many chances they went for it on fourth down or they just turned it over. Matt Corral was fumbling the ball like a left and right. Yeah. So, mm.
1: strange. I also I also like, this is an indictment on Jimbo because, I mean, Calzada's still out there. And I just, I feel bad because Jimbo really isn't running what he wanted to run. We saw a lot of tempo in their first game, even though it was a cupcake. You know, we had this idea that this is what was going to happen. And I think Jimbo without a quarterback is one of the more overexposed Coaches in the country, we His saw that it Florida It's relatively
0: complex and requires the quarterback to be able to run it.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you just without good, that quarterback, it's bad. It all goes sideways. So. Yeah. yeah. Wake Forest forty-five, NC State forty-two. I just love the fact that Wake Forest is just. puts so I'm a, I'm a, I like professional wrestling, and it's not hiding it. There's a term where it's like, hey, we're just putting on five-star bangers every week where they just go out there and flip and jump off ladders and stuff. That's the Wake Forest offense for me. I know it's very simple. <laughs> every week, they're like, you want to drop 55? Sure. Why not? Let's just drop 56. We put up. You want to put up 45 against NC State? Sure. Why not? We were in the same not? seven Who's plays. <laughs> Who's going to stop us? That's how I feel about the claw fence, uh, Jimmy Clawson and Wake Forest. The best
0: <laughs> description of Wake Forest this season I've ever heard
1: like you want to drop 50 yeah let's see drop it. yeah <laughs> guys i'm feeling a little under the weather let's just drop 35 this week okay sure coach no problem <laughs> um yeah exciting game um exciting game which every wake forest game seems to be exciting this year um they have been rewarded with a top 10 ranking nice. um and it's going to be fun to see them in the ACC championship game it's going to be great to see mesh 40 times in the ACC championship <laughs> game <laughs> Oh it's gonna be fun. Jimmy Colson, <laughs> another name that should be looked out for, um, for one of those middle tier. Like he might be good at Virginia Tech. You know, well, maybe they need. Virginia
0: Tech, yeah. Maybe
1: they need some guy like that because yeah, he's also working at Wake Forest, a high academic institution. Virginia Tech is not Virginia, but you know they have good academics there yeah, as well. So maybe still, he's dealing.
0: at a place a little bit more with the bigger boys than Wake Forest mm-hmm. does, on, like recruiting exactly. and development. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Mississippi State 43, Auburn 34. Mississippi State makes a big comeback. And Tyler, a moment of silence for Bonex. Thank you. Had surgery on his ankle. He's out for the rest of the season. And there goes my questionable should i bet on auburn to win this football game in the iron bowl it is no longer there not Um, not there anymore
0: so well too he was he really was noticeable difference in this game after Mm Bone next went through his got injured and continued to play for most of it but there was a notable difference early on in the game first half they were just they were having fun out there
1: yeah you could you could tell that the injury really brought down team morale um, mm-hmm. and they just they weren't up to it. And I think it's just proof, again, that Mississippi State plays the same game 12 times and just depends on when the coin flips. Sometimes yeah. they make the comeback. Sometimes they don't make the, the comeback. It's the same
0: game every time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, our, our best wishes to Bo Nicks. Hope for a speedy recovery. Uh, Iowa 27, Minnesota 22. I put this game on here because I thought it was funny. Um, this was a very Big Ten game, but somehow both teams were in the 20s in points. It was a little ironic. That's that's all I wanted to put there. That's it. I have nothing to say. So, (laughs) awesome. Arkansas sixteen, LSU thirteen in overtime. Um, Arkansas wins the trophy, the boot trophy, which I wanted. I put this on here solely to say, um, Sam Pittman, I love you. And also that uh, I heard on Split Zone Duo last week when they previewed this game that um, LSU really doesn't care about this trophy. Uh, Stephen Godfrey said that he has witnessed that trophy on like a staffer's desk as a paperweight. I think that's the funniest thing on earth. Um, And they said and then they (laughs) joked around. They joked around and then they said, uh, yeah, uh, Arkansas is going to put it like on display with lights and everything. And so I was like, I just like the fact that the boot trophy is being respected. You know, it's going going where it deserves.
0: Here's hoping for Arkansas that they win it several times in a row so LSU starts to care.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that um clemson 44 Yukon 7 this game is solely on here because Yukon took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown and it was the funniest thing i saw all sunday when i realized when i went back and watched some highlights on my phone um on the flight um waiting for the flight i was like oh my god this is hilarious shout out to Yukon. <laughs>
0: yeah it's it. mean, they awesome 40, 40, 47
1: yeah, <laughs> they were up seven nothing they were up seven nothing so they for you know a couple minutes <laughs> louisville 41 syracuse three this is here solely because lamar jackson's jersey was retired yeah when i saw this when i saw the, the scoreline i said oh did lamar suit up for the game because <laughs> this louisville team not very good um but good for them for getting the win good for them for the retiring lamar's jersey Um, Shout out to the quarterback of my Broward Ravens and uh, my uh, fantasy quarterback and your fantasy quarterback. Correct. Correct. ECU 30, Memphis, 29 in OT Memphis. What are we doing? What are we doing? Losing to Eastern Carolina? This is a bad football team. This is one of the worst teams in the American. The worst team in the American, in my opinion, in terms of program. Crazy stuff, my guy. Crazy stuff. That's all it was there Mm -hmm. for um missouri 31 south carolina 28 i put this here because we play missouri next week um and i just want to point out that we were blown out by south carolina and missouri beat them so it's i'm great to so be scared I'm not, even, I'm not even gonna mince words i'm genuinely i'm like i'm terrified i'm this with game. you i'm with you um the next three games are fun old dominion 30 fau 16 tyler was at this football game in norfolk virginia it was uh Raul's birthday uh happy birthday Raul. um it was cold it was windy it was the sickos game of the century tyler with four minutes left in the second quarter this game was four to three tyler has been laughing for 30 seconds ladies and gentlemen he is just, <laughs> <It's> just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, four also, to three. Also, that you guys went to this
0: game in of course Virginia. we went to this game. And, yeah, well, because we in like DC.
1: This. They live right outside of DC. It, it, was- right it was only like a three and a half hour drive, four hour drive. So Alexa and I flew up. Um, you know, we stayed at a hotel Friday night, Saturday night. It was it was nice. It was a good weekend. It was nice to see my family. It was oh, great yeah. to experience a college football game. Um, and it was a sicko's game in every sense of the word. Tyler, the second safety that put old dominion up four to three. I That's can't the believe that sent- the second safety <laughs> Not- in the first half, in the first half, second safety in the first half. How, that how puts do you dominion get, up-
0: there's only one way to get four points.
1: It's that yep. way. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. So it was, um, um, I was gonna say D'Area King. Um, oh my gosh. Nicosi Perry. Nicosi Perry thank you so much. Nikosi Perry throws the ball out of bounds, but he's in the end zone. And he wasn't in the pocket to the point where we're all turned, we were a row behind him. He turned back to me and I looked at him and I was like, I think that's grounding. And Tyler, I kid you not, these referees, first of all, it was Old Dominion Stadium. So they played the replay 15,000 times. The referees are looking at the replay on the board. And then they kind of, like, look at it, talk to each other, and then he throws the flag. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to look at a replay of the play to determine what the call is. Like, a penalty is not reviewable that way, especially intentional yeah, call grounding.
0: The penalty, and then you have to, like – isn't intentional grounding like a reviewable penalty? <laughs> I don't think it is. No, Wait, is they, it? I
1: don't think – ground. no, I think the reviewable penalties are targeting, and there's one more that's really weird that you can go and, like, review. But it has to do with player safety. It's not a grounding call. So like they literally looked at the replay <laughs> and then made the call in the field. I was like, this is just. And then I was waiting in line. Um, by the way, Old Dominion Stadium, fantastic funnel cake fries, elite. It was cold. We had them. They were delicious. Waiting in line for them, and then once that happened, Tyler, I'm listening to they like pump in the the radio broadcast at the um what's it called at the concession stands, so mm-hmm. you can listen to the game while you're there. And at one point, they made a call, and the old Dominion broadcaster called the referee Lawrence Olivier because he was so dramatic in the way that he spoke. This man would go, put my BFA to work here. Hold on. Holding on the offense. Five-yard penalty. Repeat. Second down. I kid you not. That's exactly how it sounded. Jeez. So he called him Lawrence Olivier. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So
0: that's amazing. That was just,
1: that, that. That game was just there for me to talk about the Sickos game of the week. Oops, just hit something. Hit Sickos game of the week, and um, you know, had a great weekend with uh my family. Love my that's mom. Love awesome. my stepdad. My brother. It's great. Go Owls. Miami twenty-eight, Florida State thirty-one, in a end Incredible. of the game comeback. It, it, well done, Florida. Credit. Give credit where it's due. Great job, Florida State. That was amazing. Great job. Like, this game also cost uh Miami Athletic Director his job. So he was fired the next morning. <laughs> oh, not Manny Diaz, just the Athletic no, Director. Just the Athletic Director. No, no. The athletic director. Um uh, yeah, wild. Um and then we end Tyler with Kansas fifty seven, Texas fifty six in overtime. You love to see it. Um, the player, one of the funniest things ever. It's Absolutely. The player that won, caught the two-point conversion in overtime to win the game was a former walk-on who, that was his first game um, playing for Texas. Did you see on Twitter that the n- Monday morning, he was shooting um, an Applebee's commercial in Lawrence, Kansas and doing NIL stuff?
0: No, I didn't, but that's amazing.
1: I, that, that's you what should. NIL... You that's the course. first time they've ever won in Austin. Absolutely. Did you see the Twitter thread of the... Uh, of the the one Kansas fan in the stadium and his reaction you that throughout thread. the game, you sent me that thread. Okay, I, well, I'm sorry.
0: I it to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm,
1: I, I didn't know where no, I got it. It's the funniest but thing. It. It's art. It's, it's fantastic. And I've never
0: seen so much pure joy on someone's face captured in a single moment. Oh, yeah. Like
1: I think I think my favorite part was the part where like Kansas came back at the end of the fourth to send it to overtime, and he's like, "Oh no, it's <laughs> we're gonna blow it." <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, really funny. Oh, yeah. All right,
0: Tyler. I was just, that was amazing. It was fantastic. Also, it's important to know that Texas has not won a game since the story of their special teams coach and his partner, <laughs> uh, who owns a monkey and also uh. does other stuff, um, <laughs> uh, since that came out, which is hilarious to me. Like, that is funny, man. We were all They're given the Sarkisian Coach of the Year
1: awards, and now they've lost like five mm. straight games. Yeah, uh, man. It'll get better, Texas. Don't worry. It'll get better. It's just first year. Let it ride it out. Ride it out. All right, Tyler. That's all of last week's games. Let's jump into five wide and two point for this week. But first, the Gators play Missouri at four o'clock Eastern on the SEC network. Um, Should I go first? You want me to go first? Yes, because okay. I'm trying to find a way to say that we're losing this game without seemingly saying it. Tyler Beatty is
0: the uh, best individual running back in the conference, considering the fact that he's the biggest bell cow in the conference. Most other good running teams have like a shared load, including us. Although I think
1: Damian Pierce is more talented. Doesn't matter. Um, You know. You know what's sad? I can't even make the Mike Malik Davis bit because, like, at this point, I love Malik Davis. I do. I think he's a great player. You retired it. I've. I think I've retired the bit. I think I've retired the bit because you got two more games to even do it. Like. Yeah, but read the room, Tyler. Read the room.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like Damian Pierce is PFF's highest graded running back, which to me doesn't really mean anything, but like, no, mean um, much. but it is funny because they they did say he had to get double digit carries in a game this season, which is hilarious because he's our best running back. I've been saying it for a while. Um but yeah. no, it actually has less to do with that, it has more to do with the fact that I just don't trust our defense to, to win at this all. game. I really don't. Nope. And because the one thing they had last week, they were giving up plays left and right to Sanford and plays that they just absolutely should not have given up. Like, some, some I mean, touchdowns. Sanford,
1: S-A-M, not Stanford. The, Sanford, the FCS team, not the was, Pac-12 team. There were some plays
0: that were genuinely, like, incredible big plays. And there are other plays where I'm like, where is the Gator defender? Mm-hmm. Why can't we tackle him? And now we're going against Missouri. A not good SEC team, I will add. like, Well, neither Missouri's was South Carolina. Not good. Like, but neither was South Carolina. And we we got blown out by them. I think Florida is probably going to lose this game. And I, I agree. I don't say that to be like pessimistic or even want them to to fire Dan Mullen or anything like that. I'm I'm honestly not doing that. I just think mm-hmm. Missouri is <clears> going to <throat> lean on their running back, and if Florida has a chance of Florida has this thing that they do sometimes with that it infuriates a lot of people, including me. Florida has a lot of really good tools, and they never can seem to decide which one they want to stick with like yeah sometimes it's good to vary it up it really is and then sometimes when you have Damian pierce you should run the ball more yeah but no i agree i
1: don't and it's up in missouri as well so um exactly it's it's a road game i think florida is very lucky that florida state the florida state game is in gainesville this year um yeah dude i i don't see us beating missouri i think florida opened as like a seven and a half eight point favorite That's free money, ladies and gentlemen. Missouri plus eight. That's some free money right there.
0: The the general public is not caught up on how we feel about Florida. Which which
1: selfishly I'm okay with because remember rule number one, you don't bet on teams you have an emotional attachment to. But rule number two is if the line is good enough, break rule number one. And if I'm getting eight points – Plus eight Missouri in a game that I think we're gonna lose by two touchdowns. Yeah, I'll take plus eight
0: Missouri. Thank you very much. I, I have more faith that Florida would win the FSU game than this because as as my FSU have friends have said, if they have Jordan Travis, they have a shot. And if Jordan Travis doesn't play, they they just FSU has no shot to win any
1: game that very they true. play. Um wouldn't it be comes- hilarious though? Wouldn't it be hilarious though that amongst the tradition I'm gonna say the traditional big three, because I don't think it's a big three right now. I think I think the best football I think the best football team in the state of Florida right now, outside from the life sucking um that Tom Brady has done in Tampa. Um, I think the best football team outside of Tampa is probably the Florida Panthers hockey team. That's what I feel about the state of um, <laughs> Florida football across all levels. Nick Saban has just has drained this state dry. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Um, um, no, but be- but because of that, um, I think that, wouldn't it be hilarious if Florida state in a year where they have five wins and are very clearly in the middle of a her- very long rebuild like right? Even in that season beat both Miami and Florida. Could you imagine that? I've already started
0: talking to my uh, Florida state friends being like, you guys are going to win. It's, it's simply, it's the day, day strategy of I'm
1: preparing very- myself for it. So they can't make fun of me. Like, like- that is, that is a, that is a clutch day, day strategy. That's one of his best ones. Mm-hmm. I really respect it. I really respect that strategy. It's like,
0: yeah, I got a bunch of friends in my d DD group who are FSU people and I'm like they can't make fun of me. I've been saying that we're gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
1: and you know what? I'd much rather eat crow and have us win and be like, oh, okay, I guess I was wrong than than the other way around. And I, I can't decide what's better. It's gonna be a noon game, which means it's gonna be like nine o'clock for me Ooh. in the morning.
0: Sometimes it's really tough for these these for me, because like wake up first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and gators are terrible. Right. Like Right, exactly. And it's like I can't decide if it's good because I get to move on with my day, mm-hmm. um, or if it's bad because then my day is just ruined. <laughs> <laughs> but oh man, we'll, we'll find out. I, I all in all, I actually I do think it will be competitive, more competitive than South Carolina. I think because South Carolina was a night environment, and mm-hmm. I do I don't have a problem with the fact that Emory Jones is kind of solidified
1: as the starter for the rest of the season. Like I don't yeah, care. I, 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 he's, I he's not. He is not the problem on this football team. I agree. He is honestly, the is not the problem on this football team. And
0: I if agree. you think
1: that the quarterback is the problem on this football team, you have not been watching the football team. So yeah, that's all I got to say about that.
0: Even our our our, our less good quarterback could drop seventy on an FCS team. Yeah, so exactly,
1: exactly. It's not that. It's the other side of the ball. That's mm-hmm. offense um, is not, it, and that's why it goes back to. And this is our button on the Gators for today. Um, It goes back to recruiting, like what you were saying. It goes back to recruiting because I know that Mullen can take a three-star on offense and make him look fantastic. But we should should be landing four and fives. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Tyler. Five wide real quick. Let's do this and then head on out of here. You are picking first. You were supposed to pick first last week. You did not, so we will keep that same thing. I will actually give you the option. Do you want to pick first and five wide or do you want to do the two-point first? Since I... I messed you up last week. I feel really bad that I had to cancel last no, minute last it, week. It's That's fine. Why?
0: I'll go first and five away. It's fine. Okay, cool, like, perfect. All right. I don't want to mess it up. You already gave me three points that you didn't need to do.
1: Um, <laughs> Michigan State is heading to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. It is a noon kickoff on ABC. Tyler, who do you have? A top 10 matchup, I should say. Michigan State is seven. Ohio State is four. I
0: think that uh, Michigan State's really good this season. I really do, but I think that Ohio State's pretty good. Like, I, I think that yeah. people don't want to people won't want to acknowledge it, but Ohio State is kind of getting back to what they are. So, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Good, call. Um, good call. Walker could absolutely take this game over. Like, it's so super, this is... it's super could happen. But I mm. do think that um, if 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 Cade McNamara can throw all over Michigan State's defense,
1: CJ Stroud definitely Stroud can. can do it. Yeah. And that's how I feel as well. I'm going to take Ohio State also. um, But I I am hoping for like, listen, if I'm wrong here, I'll be very happy because that means that Kenneth Walker had his. So what we thought his Heisman moment was against Michigan. It'll really be a Heisman moment if they if he carries them to a win against Ohio State. So same reason I'm with you. I think CJ Stroud, if if McNamara can throw all over, CJ Stroud is going to throw all over. So. Um, number ten ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons. The Claw Fence is heading to Death Valley to take on Clemson. It is a noon kickoff on ESPN. I only have this game on here because I think it was the most interesting ACC game of the week, I solely agree. because in even if it's in name only, and if, this is not the Clemson team of the past few years that we remember, wouldn't it be great for a program like Wake Forest, the smallest school in the F in uh, the Power Five, um, in terms of attendance, for them to get a win over Clemson That'd on really the good. road?
0: And- Clemson's is bad this season by their standards. Yeah, They're man. still a
1: three loss team. Absolutely. Like they, exactly. could still fin- they
0: could still finish the year nine and three.
1: Mm-hmm. And for right. that reason, I'm going to go ahead and have the first pick. I'm going to take Clemson. I think if there's a defense that can stop the mesh and can stop the, um, the Dave Clawson of it all, I think it's Clemson's defense. This is going to be a low scoring game simply because I mm-hmm. think that that defense is going to be able to be held and kept in check. So I'll take Clemson. Um, and it's also a, the home game situation uh Wake Forest I need they they're, they're going to have to slip up at some point you know they had this close call against Navy um you know so for me they're going to have to really make a massive I think they lost against did they lose they, they lost, lost in conference North
0: Carolina but again they they play North Carolina every gate every year as a non-conference game Mm -hmm. so they lost to an ACC team but they still have an unblemished ACC record which is so confusing which is why I love the sport (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) but that's why that's what I mean by slip up I know they lost already but I meant slip up I mean they're not going to make the playoff that's not what we're fighting for here in terms of the ACC so I think I'm going to take Clemson at home
0: Um, I respect it and honestly I think it's smarter but I need to make up points and as you said
1: (laughs) Wake Forest is very what if we just like dropped 47 (laughs) hey hey, hey, you want to drop 40 Okay. That's what it is. They just kind of in the coach's room. Just kind of, I, I turned just, my face for dramatic effect, Tyler. I hope the echo works. I, I, I came across on my end. Um, Beautiful. But listeners, I hope that worked for
0: you. The only way that Clemson, so this thing, if this game comes to shootout, I don't believe Clemson can win it.
1: Agreed. This is the
0: best defense Wake Forest is going to face. So that's you mm. know the question. Clemson's got, right. Clemson, despite all their flaws, still has one of the best defenses in the country. Correct. And there are problems on offense. It's not on defense. And so for that reason, if Wake Forest can can move the ball effectively, they'll win. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if Clemson's defense is the wall that they can't overcome, Clemson will win. So I'm just I'm going to bet on the other side of the equation.
1: Cool, I love it. I love it. Next up, we have the number 21 ranked Arkansas Razorbacks taking on Alabama's ranked number 2 in the 3:30 CBS da, 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 game of the week. Um Tyler, you pick first. Who you got here? Uh, guys, come on. It's out <laughs> put me down so, next like to the, you my friend on, on. <laughs> well, sam i Berman do hope that the, sam i do hope sam Pittman out. makes it a bit of a game for yeah. a half or so I, same, I would this love to you seem to
0: overtime i'm not, not doing, no,
1: come on. <laughs> i gotta I have to go on saturday i have to go to um my stepmom's um my stepmom's niece's joint birthday party Um, And so I may I I may be having this one. If we're inside, I'll see if we could throw this on the TV. If not, I will have it on my phone. Um, But definitely up until four because four is in the Gators. But I may not even I may just record the Gator game and watch it later. Just we'll see how it goes. Um, But I will be very I will be interested in the first half of this Arkansas, Alabama game is my point. Uh, what okay. I wanted to do. I, I, I may look at the first half lines and see if Arkansas is, you know, getting some points in the first half, you know, they make it competitive. Bama pulls away late. If I bet on that first half, I, I'm getting two in the weeds now. Um, I don't have to say allegedly anymore because it's legal. Sue me. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, um, Next up, we have SMU taking on the number five ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. It's a three thirty game on ESPN. This game, even though SMU is technically unranked, is going to be fun to watch I urge everyone to record this game. I urge everyone to keep an eye on this game. Um, If you haven't watched Cincinnati, they have a really good secondary, um, pretty good defense. They're struggling on the offensive line, but they have Desmond Ritter, who is a a top-level college quarterback, going to be in some draft discussions this this uh, um, coming draft season. I think this is the first real test because SMU's offense can really throw the football. I think it's going to be a really good situation. you know i think cincinnati is going to go ahead and face houston in the championship game they could technically face smu if they lose to smu and smu loses again like it's complicated yeah. or smu and houston lose like it's it's a weird situation for the second seed in the american because you know it's just the top two seeds for the american championship game um e- even though i think it's going to be a tough test i think i'm going to go with cincinnati i like this football team i'm going to hope that that secondary that all wear single digit numbers is going to pull through and stop the smu offense i like mordecai is doing really well i like sunny dykes but i think that this clemson team this clemson team this cincinnati team uh is playing really well right now and i'll take the bearcats
0: all right i want to clarify with what i'm about to say here oh boy here we go i love cincinnati i want them to mm-hmm. win and mm-hmm. I think they're a better team. And I think their complaints about how they aren't that good have been largely overblown because people don't understand context or watch the games. You know, putting the games aside. Um,
1: mm-hmm. But I really need to catch up to you in points. So I have to take <laughs> SMU. Like, I respect the putting the games aside uh, uh, reference. Look, I, I really I mean, like... Gary Barter, is that you? Is, is, is that you?
0: I want Cincinnati to win, really. But I I, I can't... I have to pick different
1: from you. Like, I know. Uh, I, I just I couldn't pick SMU just to give you no. a chance. Like, I got to do it, man. I got to no, no. pick I, I respect the, that the right team.
0: Man. You Play play the safe. Run the ball. Play the safe game.
1: Okay. And then the last game on 5 wide, the number three ranked Oregon Ducks uh, taking on the number 23 ranked Utah Utes. It's a 7.30 kickoff on ABC, 4.30 local time. Uh, Tyler, you get first pick of this West Coast matchup. Who you got?
0: While I still think Utah's been pretty good this year, um, and while I still think that Oregon is a bit, you know, a, a tad bit overrated, like still should deserve to be a top 10, maybe like top 17, mm-hmm. maybe number three is a little too rich for them. I do right. think Oregon's going to win this game because, again, Marty Cristobal has recruited Oregon to be a fast team, and Utah is mm-hmm. a tough team. And I still think that Oregon is built in such a way, especially with their defense, that they'll be able to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Oregon, I think it's going to be close because Oregon plays everybody close apparently um, and, <laughs> but
1: I think Oregon's going to win I agree I think Oregon is also going to win um, I think that I like this defense I do like the Oregon defense I, my only issue with Oregon is Anthony Brown I don't think he's good enough to put them ahead yeah. they have been slacking I know we mentioned that earlier in the pod and stuff but um, I don't think this Utah team is good enough to you know to, to do oh, I mean it's it's college football crazier things have happened um but yeah I'll take Oregon as well so alrighty Tyler two point conversion time it's kind of a dry slate this week not you know it, not yeah, crazy it's week it, it is cupcake week traditionally yes um I'm looking over here to to do it's gonna be a bit more difficult than usual um um. Okay, I'm gonna have some fun with this. Oh boy! At 7:30 Eastern on the ACC network, which I do not get in this household, um, in Miami, you know where there's an ACC team. Uh, but that's no, besides that's Coral the point. That's am oh, sorry, Coral Gate was my fault. No, actually, it's Miami Gardens because they don't play it. The, they don't have an on-campus stadium. Ho, ho hey-oh. Anyway. Um hey-o. <laughs> hey-o. I'm going to go with a tried and trued theory, a, a gambling concept, if one would entertain me. Um, you, it is gambling? The, oh, no. It is the idea that when one gets rid of their coach, the team rallies around the interim coach to, you know, show that they are still united as a football team. And for that reason, I am taking Virginia Tech to beat the Miami Hurricanes, who are coming off a horrifically emotional loss to their biggest rival, Florida State, in pretty ugly fashion. Um, The ending of the game, they were ahead, and then they blew the lead. I think that Virginia Tech comes into town. I think that they win a close football game. I'll take Virginia Tech over Miami, 730 Eastern on ABC. Tyler, what is your two-point conversion?
0: My Q conversion. I talked a lot about Billy Napier today. I want to put my money where my mouth is. Uh Louisiana is traveling to Texas. No, sorry, to to Virginia. What am I talking about? Um (laughs) to play the Liberty just to play Liberty. Okay, I was gonna say, yeah, like, not actually, know what Liberty's mascot is. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, uh, but um, I think they're the Eagles. It looks like it's a eagle bird of some thing. type. I'm looking at the logo, like, mm-hmm. um, shows what I know. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns are gonna go up to uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. and Billy Napier is gonna, you know, he's gonna show the world why he deserves to be a, a high level coach this offseason, and he's gonna beat Liberty. So Liberty Alrighty. over Louisiana, even though Liberty is actually favored. Sorry, Louisiana over Liberty. What am I talking about? say?
1: Billy Nature's team over the other team. <laughs> All righty. So you have Louisiana over Liberty. That game is 4 o'clock on ESPNU. And I have Virginia Tech over Miami. It's a 7.30 kickoff on EACC Network. For five wide, we have Michigan State and Ohio State. We both have Ohio State. Noon kickoff on ABC We have Wake Forest taking on Clemson and noon kickoff on ESPN. Uh, Tyler has Wake Forest. I have Clemson. Arkansas, Alabama, 330 CBS. Game of the week. Uh, We both have Alabama. SMU, Cincinnati, 330 on ESPN. Tyler has SMU. I have Cincinnati. And we got Oregon, Utah, 730 Eastern on ABC. We both have Oregon. Tyler, the score is currently 47 to 41. 41. Uh, let's see if you can catch up next week. And to be honest, we covered everything that was on this massive rundown that we haven't talked about football yeah. in two weeks. Um, is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off, my friend?
0: Despite that this, for us, has been a bit of a rough college football season to watch at times, mm-hmm. I still love college football. And it was, you know, it hurt. You didn't realize how much I missed talking to you on the podcast when I until I didn't get to do it last week. Um, yeah. So
1: i felt the same i was i was putting together the rundown uh last night and today and i was like man you know it's been forever i feel like i haven't talked to tyler about ball in a while and it's, it's true it was two weeks it was it's a long only time been for two us.
0: weeks but to us that's a lot that's it's a, a long time, time. A I mean, we've and texted just, throughout the whole yeah, thing like you know it'll be good uh let's hope that our team can get on the right track i want to clarify what we talked about earlier that if dan mullen doesn't win these two
1: games i think we will be talking about a new coach but we'll see i agree i agree my friend i think the florida state given that we both think the missouri game will go as um in favor of missouri as we both think the florida state game is massive on many levels both rivalry fan base and job security for dan mullen so all right tyler this has been another episode of sideline judgments my name is sergio my name is tyler and we are not biased tyler but go gators go gators